There was this show when I was, a, it was an animated feature film uh, when I was a kid. It was called All Dogs Go to Heaven. It, it was a cute film. I, I, I enjoyed watching it as a child. And, and the, the storyline is, is really about this dog. His name is Charlie. And the premise of the story really is that all dogs get to go to heaven. The problem is uh, that Charlie uh, is this kind of rough, tough, kind of you know, scraggly, scrappy dog, and he finds himself at the pearly gates, and there is a gatekeeper there, and she opens up a book, and he's kind of surprised to be there. Uh, she's a little surprised that he is there, but uh, she opens up the book, and, and, and she begins to flip the pages furiously, uh, trying to find something good uh, that Charlie has done, because uh, surely there's something good that he has done that would allow him into heaven. Again, it's a cute movie, but it kind of has attached to it this, this popular notion that all we have to do to enter into God's kingdom, that all we have to do in order to, uh, to enter through the pearly gates is, is come, have someone search through a large book uh, recounting our lives, and if we have done something good, then we get in. Or, or, or that, that if we've done a little more good than we've done bad, then surely God will let us through the pearly gates and we get to cross the threshold into eternal presence with God uh, that we call the kingdom of God, heaven. And so I'm just asking this morning, who gets to decide Right? Uh, who gets to decide what pathways lead to heaven? Uh, who decides uh, how it is that I get to or don't get to enter into God's kingdom? Now, we've been in this series, Great Reversal. And Jesus has been answering questions like the one we're asking this morning about who gets to decide, who gets in and out of heaven, who gets to enter into uh, the kingdom of God. And, and he's been asking and answering these questions, and, and he's kind of, uh, well, he's reversed our thinking on some things. He's kind of turning some things on their head. I mean, uh, several of you uh, talked to me earlier this morning and were like, hey, I, I'm never going to look at a weather app the same ever again. I mean, he is changing kind of how we think and how we view things. And this morning, he, he, he begins to answer this question, and maybe in a different way than what we're popularly used to. Who decides who gets to enter heaven's gate? That Jesus has been bringing the kingdom of God with him. I mean, the kingdom of God isn't just something that happens when we die. It's something that can happen now. But, uh, but Jesus has been doing things that, that really show everybody that he is the king and his kingdom is with him. He has been in a, in a situation very recently in the text that we're about to get into, and uh, he's been in a synagogue, and there has been a woman, and uh, she's been afflicted by an evil spirit. Um, it, it seems that she has some physical ailment because uh, she has been afflicted by this evil spirit, and Jesus comes into the synagogue and heals her, 
And then there's, there's some debate as to where Jesus really belongs. And yet it was his statement to everybody that he's the king and his kingdom is coming. And there are some people in the midst of this that can't see the kingdom that Jesus is bringing. Uh, for them, it's, it's hidden. Uh, for them, they're, they're, they're uh, wearing a blindfold. And so Jesus almost offers a little bit of a warning through, through way of some images. He, he talks about a mustard seed and he talks about some leaven. He says, eh, they're, they're really small, and I realize they might seem insignificant, and they might even seem hidden, but trust me, when it grows up, when it's done, nobody is going to miss it. And what he's talking about there is his kingdom. And so when we get into this question that Jesus is about to be asked. It's really all about access. Who gets to decide? Who has access to God's kingdom? Join me, would you please, uh, in Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, if you're uh, looking in your pew Bibles in front of you, it's going to be page 728. Luke chapter 13. In talking about narrowness, Jesus surprises us a little bit. But we find that although Jesus talks about a narrow way, this narrowness doesn't mean limitedness in access. Look at, if you would, verse 22 through 24 of Luke 13. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. And someone asked him the question, oh Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? And he said to them, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try and enter and will not be able to. Hmm. Well, Mike, I thought you just said that the narrowness of, of, of the door that Jesus is talking about is surprisingly accessible. Yes. You see, Jesus is addressing this issue uh, that maybe some of us have in this room. Uh, there was this kind of collective idea among the Jews in fact, it was written about um, in, in specific councils and specific rabbinic teaching that all of Israel would come to enter into heaven. Uh, that all the Israelites uh, would be able to enter through heaven's gates. And yet Jesus seems to be saying, oh, okay, 
let me take that and, and flip it around. Let me uh, reverse this for you uh, because I want you to understand that there are those who see the kingdom and those who don't, and only those who see my kingdom will come and cross the threshold. I mean, are there people, uh, maybe if you're honest in your own mind, that you would see in your mind's eye and you would say, yeah, there's no way. Yeah, them? Are you kidding me? Enter heaven? No way. Couldn't possibly happen. And yet what it seems like Jesus is challenging here, it seems like Jesus is saying, for those who think they've already arrived, for those that think they have a heritage, for those that think uh, they've done enough good things more than bad things, they're their entrance is going to be narrowed. But the narrowness of the door doesn't mean the, limited of the, the limitness of the access. Jesus is still accessible. In fact, what we're going to find is that there's accessibility for everybody who will through the narrow door. Uh, do you notice what Jesus says? We read it right there in verse 24. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door. Now, what we're going to find is that uh, as we seek to make this effort, it's not just a simple matter of trying to do good things and avoid bad things, uh, but it is going to be about our response to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, are a few people going to make it to heaven? Or does everybody get in? Well, there's a few. But it really depends on you. Jesus is going to say that it's really, it's really got to be more than guilt by association. Or maybe we could say success by association. It's got to be a little more than, uh, than simply our heritage or our culture. I've done this preaching and pastoring 20 years. Uh, what I've come to find is that uh, as a culture, Americans tend to believe that, that they are Christians. Maybe because they're an American. Uh, maybe because uh, they grew up in church. Maybe because they heard some good sermons. Uh, maybe because they read through the Bible in a year or went to a Sunday school class. But Jesus is going to suggest that it's not by mere association with Jesus, but by our response to Jesus that one finds access to a narrow door. Uh, look at what he says uh, following in 25 through 27. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, oh, open up the door. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. And then you'll say, we, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. But he's going to reply, I don't know you or where you've come from. Away evildoer. It's not by simple 
association with Jesus that we, we get to know him. It's not by simple association that we're able to come into uh, heaven's gate and say, now, welcome into uh, the kingdom of God. It's not as if Jesus is a bouncer at a, a large social gathering. It's not as if there's a long line and everyone is waiting to get into the kingdom and he, he looks and he says, okay, you're in, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're in, you're out, you're in. Uh, Jesus makes very clear that, that those who respond to him but those are the ones who are able to enter this accessible, narrow door. So the question is not, what club do we belong to? It's not really a matter of being able to wear the right t-shirt or vote for the right party. It's not being able to say, I, I did these good things and I avoided these bad things and I have the t-shirt to prove it. The, the key really is, do I know Jesus? Do I really know Jesus? There might be a narrow door, but it's accessible to me. And so you need to know that as you read through this, uh, the narrowness doesn't mean there's not access. You have access. Every one of you, every one of you in this room, everybody outside of this room has access to this narrow door. Uh, but it's not because we've done something good versus something bad. And it's not because we, uh, we, we decided that we were going to do something religious. It's because we decided to respond to Jesus. And everybody has that access. It doesn't matter where you've come from or where you're going. Everybody has an opportunity to fully respond to Jesus and enter through this narrow gate, this narrow door. Uh, look, if you would, uh, just following there, verse 28 and 29, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's bad, okay? Anytime you see that in Scripture, it's a, it's a bad thing. It's really the absence of the kingdom, absence of God. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves are thrown out. You don't have access. People will come from the east and the west and the north and the south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Everybody from everywhere, from north, south, east, and west, they're all going to gather. Uh, there's going to be access, uh, but it's going to come because they have somehow, some way, made every effort in order to respond to Jesus. They didn't earn it by their heritage. They didn't earn it by their ethnicity. They didn't earn it because they did more good things than bad things. They didn't earn it because they were religious. They, earned, they, they didn't earn it. And so we find at the end of this entire story that Jesus is asking and answering a question about who in the world decides who gets into the kingdom and who doesn't. We find unequivocally, God decides all roads to heaven. We don't get to decide that. 
We don't get to say, well, I, I sure hope that, that this road over here and doing these things will be enough. Because God has said of those roads, if they are not through me, are closed. And so this is Jesus saying, would you notice my kingdom? Because the way that we get in, the way that we have access, is none other than by the grace that was shown us in Jesus. Uh, it's all over this passage. It's underneath of it. Uh, Jesus might be warning people, but he's warning them not to trust in their own pathway to try and lead to heaven. And he's trying to say, hey gang, would you trust in my grace? You're not going to get to the pearly gates someday and open up a book and read through and, and think, oh yeah, you, you've done some good stuff, come on in. It's more like a guy who comes up to heaven's gate, and there's Peter, he happens to be the gatekeeper that day, and, and he comes up, and uh, Peter says, well, you, you need 100 points to get in. And the guy goes, oh, I can hit 100 points, no problem. And he starts to think of things that he's done right. And he says, uh, well, you know, I, I never cheated on my wife. And Peter says, that's great. You get a point for that. A point? All right. Well, um, I tried to tithe at my church. Peter says, that's great. Way to go. You, you get a point for that. You're 98 points away. Well, I, uh, I tried not to cuss when I hit my hand, my hand with a hammer. Does that count? Peter says, eh, I'll give you half a point for that. And one after another, he began to try and think of all the things that he could possibly think of that would add points. By the time he was done, he had 12.5 points. Finally, he looked at Peter and he said, outside of God's grace, I don't know what's going to get me in. Peter said, welcome in. I've had the opportunity to do a fair amount of funerals, sit with families who have lost their loved ones. It's always an interesting time as we talk through the, the memory of, a, of one who was lost. Regardless of how they've lived, regardless of their religion, it, it seems to be that almost all people think that their loved one crosses the threshold to heaven. Oh, I'm sure glad they're in a better place. Everything's good now. They're at peace. But we don't decide that. God decides the roadway to heaven. And so we, we, this morning, 
have an opportunity to re-up our challenge to say, I'm not going to live by an external code to try and get me to heaven. I'm not going to try and live by any other pathway other than the one that God has given me, and I will willingly enter into and trust and obey that whatever God says goes. And by His grace, I will be saved. That by His grace, I will be able to enter into the kingdom. So when we talk here about things like Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? That that he was born of a virgin, that he lived so that he might die and died so that you might live, and then resurrected on the third day, that he ascends to heaven, and he right now is uh, hopefully listening to this sermon And he is looking down from heaven saying, there is a day when I am coming back. Will you believe in me? Will you confess your sins? Not that that you have to remember every sin that you've ever done, but, uh, but will you confess to me that you can't do it on your own and that I can and that I will be your covering for you? Will you enter into that? And then will you say, I'm going to repent. I will allow there to be a change of mind and heart to to turn to who God is. And will you submit yourself to the waters of baptism, uh, dying to self and living in Christ, that you might go and leave the life of sin behind you? So when we talk about stuff like that, There's a jumping off point that Jesus is trying to get us to understand. He gets to decide. He gets to decide the roadway. And so you get to decide your willingness quotient. Will you willingly trust and obey that God's grace is actually good enough? And that the cars, the the keys to the car, the ticket into God's eternal kingdom, that they're waiting for you, that everyone can enter, that there's access for all, and that all you have to do is respond to him, and there will be fruit to follow. So this morning, I I challenge you, whether you've been a Christian a long time, whether you've sat here Sunday after Sunday and heard sermon after sermon, to say, I I am willing to trust and obey whatever it is that God says. And maybe someone had drug you here this morning, or maybe you're here for the second or third or fifth or tenth time, but you have never made a decision to respond to Jesus. I would ask that you do that. And that as we sing, uh, maybe you can come forward and uh, you can uh, talk to one of us or you can visit with one of us uh, out in the foyer afterwards or you can fill out a card and say, I want to know Jesus because we want to have a conversation. Because Jesus said, there is a narrow door, but it can be accessed by all. He shows the way. We don't get to decide. All right, let's pray. God, I thank you for your goodness. I love you.
And I pray, Lord, that um, uh, you would just continue to use your words uh, in, your, in, your, in your word uh, to just challenge what we've commonly thought. Now, Lord, I pray that, that you would just stir and move and, and breathe in people's lives and hearts and, and we would all trust you and obey. Lord, you get to decide. Lord, your grace is available. We thank you for making the access available to us. I pray that, that Lord, we would not, we would not trust in anything other than your Son, Jesus Christ, and the grace that was offered through him. It's in that, Lord, that we, that we live and we stake our claim. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.